Good evening, all you sports fans, and welcome to yet another episode of The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing here on this Wednesday night? This is a jam-packed show. I've got plenty to cover here. Thank you for joining me on Facebook Live, and don't forget that you can catch a replay of this show Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 on WQEE 99.1 out of Newton, Georgia. And this is episode 626, just in case you're keeping score at home. And this is a very good show. I cover a lot of national sports, but I also cover local sports to the Chattahoochee Valley. And we got plenty of both, and there's just a lot of sports to cover. Well, right now, the Central Red Devils, they're trying to go back-to-back in the 7A state championship at Oxford Park. That actually got delayed by half an hour. That started at 8.30, and hopefully I'll get a score update as they are taking on Vestivia Hills for a best-of-three series, and game one is tonight. Don't forget the LaGrange Grangers are taking on North Oconee in the 4A state championship. And that's taking place at Cool Ray Field on Friday. First pitch is at 5 p.m. And then you also have McIntosh that's in the state championship for 5A as well. And so there's just a lot of baseball all around the Chattahoochee Valley. And kind of sad to see high school baseball wrap up. We just witnessed last week. We had Glenwood and Calvary Christian win state titles, and great for them, and it was just really excited. Now we have Columbus Chattahoots and Chattahoochee Monsters baseball coming up May the 27th. They will play an exhibition game at Historic Golden Park, and then they will turn around and they will play another exhibition game on May the 31st. And the season opener for the Chattahoots is going to be June the 3rd as they will take on the Waleska Wild Thanes. The Chattahoochee Monsters will be on the road on Friday, June the 2nd. So plenty of baseball, and it's just great to see two baseball teams in a rich baseball area. The Tri-City area with Columbus, Phoenix City, and we have the TOCs going on in District 8. And uh, don't forget that District 8 All-Stars, the tournament, will begin in June. In fact, it'll be June the 17th through June the 24th at Moultrie Park or Pate Park, one of those parks at Harris County. And remember that Harris County last year and Northern back in 2021 both represented the state of Georgia and they were one game away from making it to the Little League World Series. So I actually think that that's going to be great that Harris County is battling Northern because those are the two favorites in District 8. I reached out to the president of District 8 and it looks like If my schedule will allow me to, I am truly honored to be the public address announcer if they need one. And I have expressed interest, but uh, we'll just see how my schedule goes. I'm not sure if I'm going to get a guest on today, but uh, this is going to be a good show. I'm going to give a score update of Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Right now, they're at halftime, and I haven't really checked the score. I was actually going to stream it on my phone because by the time this show gets done... Uh, that might be close to wrap it up. But right now, the Texas Rangers are leading the Atlanta Braves 4-2 to two in the fifth inning. Score update, yes, the Boston Celtics are up 57-47. to 47. The Celtics are the favorites because they have the stronger team. But the Miami Heat have the best player. I, I honestly feel that Jimmy Butler is the best player left in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they also have the best coach. Eric Spolstra is a Hall of Fame coach. All right. 
I do have some thoughts on Game 1 from the Western Conference Finals because I talked about it on the show yesterday and Denver had to win that game. If the Lakers would have won in Denver Game 1, that would have completely deflated the Denver Nuggets. They had used all that effort and energy. You had the high altitude. They had all the emotions from the crowd. And Denver dominated the first two quarters. But the Lakers were resilient. The Lakers could have easily gave up. But LeBron and AD and Austin Reeves, they weathered the storm. And what head coach Darvin Ham for the Lakers likes to do is make adjustments. So in the first half, AD was guarding Nikola Jokic. And he didn't really do all that great. He had a block or two, but Nikola Jokic was able to get any shot he wanted. Well, Darvin Ham put Rui Hachimura on Jokic and allowed AD just to play the zone, the rim protector in the middle. And the Lakers started making their comeback. In fact, they cut it to three when Austin Reeves hit that three-pointer. And it started getting a little tight. But I think that the Denver Nuggets are going to win game two because the Nuggets are going to figure out that the way to beat the Lakers is just to run up and down the floor. And Jokic's passes were incredible. The Lakers were doubling him. He was just throwing it off to Jamal Murray. He was wide open for a three. He threw it to Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He was able to make big shots. Aaron Gordon had some defensive stops and some pretty decent dunks. And then Michael Porter Jr. You know, he was injured the last time the Denver Nuggets were in this situation. And Michael Porter Jr. made some big shots. I think the Denver Nuggets are going to win Game two, that's going to be Thursday night in Denver, but it's still going to be a seven-game series. I think that the Lakers will win their games at home. And first of all, I just want to come out and say that I'm going to apologize for getting on Facebook and, you know, sometimes emotions get the best of you. And the way that Denver was dominating the Lakers in that first half, the emotions got the best of me because... I was a prisoner of the moment. I said, if the Nuggets continue playing like this, the Lakers could possibly get swept. Hold on, not so fast. That is something that I completely deleted because that's something that I, I needed to take back. The Lakers are going to make adjustments. They're going to find a way to weather the storm, make adjustments, and they're going to bounce back. And they might get a couple of games. Absolutely. I, I think that the Lakers could get a couple of games in L.A., but I think this is going six or seven games. I still like the Denver Nuggets to win this series over in Boston right now. And we're almost at halftime. The Celtics are leading the Miami Heat 62-52. to 52. And uh, one player I said on this show, if Jason Tatum has the game he had like he did against Philly in Game 7 that Jason Tatum might just be a top three player right behind LeBron and KD. Well, right now he's got 18 points. And so Jason Tatum, he's going to have to step up and be the elite player that he is capable of being. And I think that the Boston Celtics could reach the NBA Finals which would be impressive because they would reach the NBA Finals with a brand-new head coach. Ime Udoka is now the head coach in Houston, and they have Joe Mazzula, who is could possibly lead the Boston Celtics to the NBA Finals in his rookie season. 
I do have some thoughts on Victor Wimbayama possibly being the overall number one pick in the NBA draft. The NBA lottery was yesterday. And the San Antonio Spurs, whether or not they want to admit it or not, the San Antonio Spurs tanked this season. I mean, come on. 22-60, and 60, a Greg Popovich-led team. You expect me to believe that the San Antonio Spurs were competing this year? They got rid of DeJounte Murray. He went to the Hawks. Trenton Vassell, he's a decent player. I mean, Jeremy Sochin. They had a bunch of nobodies on their team. They only won 22 games. They were tanking. The Spurs were tanking for Victor Wembeyama, and they got him, like they did with Tim Duncan back in 1997. Now, in 97, I don't think the Spurs were tanking. David Robinson got injured. Sean Elliott got injured. Avery Johnson got injured. It was a list of who's who that got injured in 97, and they got the luck of the draw by getting Tim Duncan in the draft, which Tim Duncan alone did not lead to the, to the Spurs winning multiple championships. No, the Spurs were able to draft Manu Ginobili late in the first round. They were able to draft Tony Parker late in the first round. The San Antonio Spurs were able to draft Kawhi Leonard late in the first round. That is how the San Antonio Spurs won five championships. Now, if they draft Wimbayama, which they more than likely will, he is going to be a superstar immediately. He's going to flourish under Greg Popovich's system, and the Spurs legitimately become a title contender immediately. But I don't think they're championship caliber until they get some more pieces. And, you know, they do very well in the NBA draft. They, they know how to scout international players. That's what they do. And uh, I'm excited about Victor Wimbayama playing for the Spurs. I'm also excited about Victor Wimbayama playing for France in the 2024 Olympics. Yeah. I'm actually counting down until the 2024 Olympics because it will be the first Olympics in eight years where we will actually have fans. Summer Olympics, by the way. It'll be the first Summer Olympics that we will have fans, and it is going to be wildly entertaining, and I absolutely can't wait. I'm fascinated by that. All right, score update for you as the Atlanta Braves right now Bottom of the sixth inning, they trail the Texas Rangers 4-3. to three. You know, they got a big three-game series against the Seattle Mariners this weekend at Truist Park. And so, all you Seattle fans, I know some Seattle fans that, that live in the area that, that might go to this game. Uh, one in particular I'm thinking of is, is Columbus Rapids player Brittany Conway, who's from Seattle. She's probably going to go to the, the series, and uh, we'll, we'll see. And then... Uh, there's some other people I know that are from Seattle that, uh, you know, I've, I've known from church and everything that, that probably will go to this game. I mean, you know, I remember, like, they're, uh, if you're a diehard Seahawks fan, you're a Seattle fan, you like the Seattle Kraken, the Seattle Mariners, the Seahawks, and then you, you kind of feel bad that the Sonics left. But, you know, Seattle is a very passionate sports fan group. You know, the Seattle Sounders from the MLS, and they've had success in the MLS, winning multiple MLS Cups. But I'll keep an eye on that score. I want to make sure that I get that score update. All right, we're at halftime, and the Boston Celtics are leading the Miami Heat. 66-57. to 57. Yeah, I had to check my phone. And uh, I really want to try to get a score update on that Central Vestivia Hills game. Game one at 
Chakalaka Park in Oxford, Alabama. Should expect highlights on WRBL and WTVM later tonight. A big shout-out to the sports anchors here in the Chattahoochee Valley, Jack Patterson and Tyler Redmond for WRBL, and Jonathan Hoppy and Tony Reese for WTVM. One thing I'm really looking forward to is catching Sports Visions tomorrow from 4 to 6. DJ Jones, Thrift Behringer, always a great time. And they have longtime Buffalo Bill Cornelius Bennett. I'm excited because you know he was part of those four Super Bowls that the Buffalo Bills went to in the early 1990s. And they had that ESPN 30 for 32, the four falls of Buffalo as well. So I have some thoughts on NFL rookie minicamp. Because, you know, Will Levis was drafted in the second round by the Tennessee Titans. And I'm starting to think that the Tennessee Titans are a believer in Will Levis. In fact, to take it a step further, I think that he is going to battle for the starting job with Ryan Tannehill. And the Tennessee Titans are going to cut Malik Willis. I think that Will Levis is that type of quarterback. He's got something to prove. He's got a chip on his shoulder and he's got a big arm. I know he threw a lot of picks at Kentucky. But I think that that's the type of quarterback you need in an offense. As long as Derrick Henry is there, he's got a running back he can rely on. He doesn't have to throw the ball 50 times in that Titans offense. He's got Derrick Henry. I think Will Levis is going to be fine. I'm looking at some of the, the rookie minicamp. Uh, they sh- they're showing p- pictures of Bryce Young. And they're showing how small he was. I mean, he's listed as 5'9", 5'10". And Bryce Young is going to be fine. Look at Russell Wilson and, and Drew Brees. Bryce Young has all the intangibles of being a franchise quarterback in this league for many years to come. And I think he is going to be fine in Carolina. I'm not too worried about that. And, and so here are some of the biggest surprises from NFL rookie camps. Of course, Will Levis is a pretty big surprise. I think that Will Levis, he is going to have a pretty decent season. And then we also have Jameer Gibbs for the Detroit Lions. I know that the Lions might have reached getting Jameer Gibbs with their first-round pick, but I think Jameer Gibbs is going to have a huge impact for the Detroit Lions you know, and they they traded away DeAndre Swift. He's now with the Eagles. I, I think the Eagles have their franchise running back. I honestly do. I mean, even more than Miles Sanders. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the other running back. The Eagles have always had running back by committee, but now that they have DeAndre Swift, another Georgia player, you know, that's who would have thought there. I think that uh, the Eagles are going to be fine now. I'm a big 49ers fan, and so the 49ers draft picks, and I, I look at their first overall draft pick. You know, they did kick a kick. They did pick a kicker. You know, because you have uh, their kicker actually uh, leaving, and you have uh, Jair Brown, the safety, the third overall pick out of Penn State. Uh, Robbie Gold was his name. There you go. The kicker uh, that that played for the Bears, Robbie Gold, is no longer on the San Francisco 49ers. So with their third overall selection, they were able to get a kicker. And that is the right move because that is a need on the team. 
But this Jair Brown, he's really stood out. And new defensive coordinator for the 49ers, Steve Wilkes, is starting to become a believer that this guy not only can make the team, but he could be a starter. He could actually compete for that starting job with Tayshawn Gibson over at the strong safety side. They already have Talona Halfunga. He is the Pro Bowl free safety. They lost Jimmy Ward to the Texans. So their corner, their nickel corner is going to be the former Atlanta Falcons cornerback, Isaiah Oliver. Speaking of the Falcons, Bijan Robinson, he is their franchise running back. He's looking great in the workouts. I think that Bijan Robinson is going to be that running back when you need a yard. When the Falcons get into a third and one situation, Bijan Robinson is going to be that type of running back that's going to be able to get that close yard. And the Falcons are going to start building their identity off their offensive line. You have Chris Listrom, who's probably going to be a pro bowler. Caleb McGarry. So that side of the offensive line looks great. And then you also have Jake Matthews. And so I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be fine. But I'm going to make sure that we, we now with the NFL schedule out, I will go ahead and I will preview the NFL. I mean, I got all summer to do it. I mean, in June and July, that is when sports start slowing down just a little bit. And, you know, we still have a busy weekend of sports. We got the Preakness. Mage won the Kentucky Derby. May should be the odds-on favorite to win the Preakness. And then we can start talking about horse racing and a possible triple crown if Mage wins it, the Preakness and then goes on to a race in the Belmont Stakes, which is a lot longer race. A lot of these horses, when they win the Kentucky Derby and they win the Preakness, they just don't have the energy to run in a longer race. And so, you know, horses running in, in the in the race. And then you also have the PGA Championship at Oak Hill. Now, I like how the PGA Championship moved from August to May. So it's right before the U.S. Open in June. So you have the PGA Championship. John Rahm, the defending champion for the Masters, he's uh, trying to go for the slam. I think that John Rahm could possibly become a favorite to win the PGA Championship. But if you look at the PGA Championship from last year, it was Justin Thomas that beat Wills LaTorres in a playoff. And so that was pretty fun. I enjoyed that as it was played in Tulsa, Oklahoma last year. Thank you, Google. Let me look at some uh, sports score updates for you. Well, in the NHL playoffs, they are starting tomorrow. All four teams are warm weather cities as you got the Carolina Hurricanes taking on the Florida Panthers. And then on Friday, you have the Dallas Stars taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. And when I think about, you know, you got two of those teams that won Stanley Cups. So you have the Carolina Hurricanes that won the Stanley Cup in 2006. You have the Dallas Stars that won the Stanley Cup back in 1999. The Florida Panthers went to the Stanley Cup in 1996. And then the Vegas Golden Knights recently went to the Stanley Cup. Was it like 2021? I have no idea. Um, you know, I I actually, I love hockey. But yeah, when it comes to, uh, when was the last time, uh, you know, Stanley Cup Finals. So History of Stanley Cup Finals. That's what I'm trying to do. All right. 
Lord Stanley's Cup. All right, so we have the list of Stanley Cup champions. So the Colorado Avalanche, they won it last year. And then you have, uh, you know, man. Yeah, the Colorado Avalanche won it last year. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning won it uh, two years in a row. You know, they, they actually went to the Stanley Cup last year. They were trying to three-peat, and they were denied that three-peat. But let's take a look at the Stanley Cup. Yeah, the Colorado Avalanche winning it last year, beating the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, the Dallas Stars, they went to the Stanley Cup in 2020. They lost to the Lightning. The Lightning won it in 2021 and 2020. The St. Louis Blues win it in 19. The Capitals won it in 18. And this is what really starts hurting. The Pittsburgh Penguins, when they won it in 16 and 17, they were playing my two favorite teams, the Sharks in 16 and the Nashville Predators in 17. And it hurt that Pittsburgh was able to win both times in six games because I actually was rooting for the Sharks in 16. I was really rooting for the Predators in 17, both making their appearances. The Chicago Blackhawks, they were dubbed the team of the 2010s. They won three Stanley Cups in the early 2010s. In, in 2010, in 2013, and 2015. And then you also had the Los Angeles Kings that won two Stanley Cups. They won one in 14 and 12. The Boston Bruins won it in 11. Then you had the Penguins win it. And then the Red Wings. Yeah, the Red Wings, the considered the Yankees of hockey. The last time they won a Stanley Cup was 2008. But they did have an incredible 2009 Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I remember that series very well. Yeah, the Ducks win it in seven. The Carolina Hurricanes winning it in 2006. So that is a team that has a chance to win another Stanley Cup as they are taking on the Florida Panthers, who have not won a Stanley Cup, but they did go to the Stanley Cup Final back in two, uh, 1996 where they were swept by the Colorado Avalanche. All right. So the Dallas Stars did win it in 1999. And then I'm trying to remember when the Vegas Golden Knights... Yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights were uh, in the Stanley Cup back in 2018. That was the year the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup. That was when Alexander Ovechkin finally won a Stanley Cup. So good for him. Okay. I think we're still at halftime. The Celtics and the Miami Heat. Celtics leading the Miami Heat 66-57. to We got Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Final on Friday. The Western Conference Final is going to be on Thursday. And the Denver Nuggets are leading 1-0 in that series. It's kind of mind-boggling. Anthony Davis and LeBron had great games in Game 1, and yet they still lost. That's hard to wrap my you know, brain around. That's why I think the Denver Nuggets are going to make adjustments. Anthony Davis usually doesn't have back-to-back -back great games. He is using all of his energy on defense against Jokic, but I think the strategy of putting Rudy, Hot, Rudy Hachimura on Jokic might allow AD to just focus on sporadically playing a little bit of defense and then uh, getting to work on the offense. But he hasn't really been completely consistent on offense. 
So that's something to watch out for if you are a uh, Lakers fan. I know I want to see some uh, improvement, but I think the Nuggets are going to uh, go up 2-0, and it's going to go back to L.A. All right, we still have some college football to talk about, and I know that college football is, what, three months away? I mean, we really get into week zero that weekend, August 26th. I mean, right out the gate, we've got San Jose State taking on USC. Caleb Williams is expected to be the overall number one draft pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. And you also have Drake Maine from uh, North Carolina, the two top quarterbacks that are expected to go number one and number two in next year's NFL Draft. I'm always intrigued by looking at the draft class for 2024. It's still a little too early to actually make a prediction, but I do think that whoever is going to tank, I mean, NFL teams are not going to admit that they're going to tank, that there's going to be one team in the NFL that's going to be really bad, that they will go ahead and draft Caleb Williams with the overall number one pick. And the question is, who is going to be that team? I actually have a team that I think can fill the bill. I think it's going to be the Cleveland Browns. And the reason why is because I think that Deshaun Watson is going to continue to regress. And I think that the Cleveland Browns just might be bad enough to get that number one overall pick. Because Houston's going to be fine. The culture with D'Amico Ryans, they got some pretty good players. Uh, Their defense has improved with Will Anderson. I think Houston will be fine. Plus, they're in a weak division. The fact that Cleveland is in a division with Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Kenny Pickett, I think that Cleveland is doomed because they have such a tough schedule. So I think Cleveland might be in the running to get Caleb Williams. But how would a kid who's playing in warm weather at USC, how would he handle cold weather Cleveland? So that's that's something I just I try to wrap my um, head around. You know, June in the NFL really is like a month off for a lot of these players. I mean, we do have OTAs and rookie mini camp going on right now. Training camp gets really into it in July, and then we have NFL preseason. I was just happy to see the NFL schedule release, and I'm looking forward to the NFL. I cannot wait. College football, I mean, looking at week zero, I mean, there's not really a game that pops out. Yes, Navy and Notre Dame is one of those. I think Sam Hartman, he's going to have an impact on Notre Dame. And I actually am going to just come out and say, like, when the AP preseason poll comes out, I expect Georgia to be number one. I mean, that's pretty much the way it is. It's always been Alabama, but I think that this year that Georgia has overtaken themselves over Alabama. And this could tick off some Alabama fans. But Georgia winning back-to-back national titles, 
I mean, no, they're not on the level of Alabama just yet, not until they win six national titles. And Kirby Smart is is getting there, but he's not quite there yet. But this is going to be a special year because no team in college football has won three straight national titles. Georgia has a chance to do it, especially with an easy schedule. But Georgia's deserving of a preseason number one. Another team that's probably going to get some votes for preseason number one is Ohio State. And I think Bama is going to get some votes as well. So I think when the AP poll comes out for the preseason, it's going to be Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Alabama 3, LSU 4. So yeah, you're going to have three SEC teams in the top five. Michigan is going to be five. Clemson is going to be six. And then you're going to have Notre Dame at number seven. Uh, Texas is going to be number eight. I think that Texas gets into the top ten. And then Tennessee at number nine. So that's the fourth SEC team. And then at number ten, uh, we'll just we'll just go Penn State. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty... Uh, you're probably wondering, what, what about USC? Oh, yeah. I did forget about USC. USC's number 11. There you go. I know. I'm, I'm already. What do I know about college football? I'm talking about college football in the offseason. I'm, I'm kind of not, don't have the knowledge of college football like some people I know. I'm originally from California where we don't care about college football and I'm a student of the sport. I want to learn. I'm fascinated by college football, especially living in Columbus where we have plenty of Georgia, Auburn, and Alabama fans. And it's really been a hotbed for college football and really just the South in general. I mean, it just means more in the South, not just SEC football, but ACC football as well. I remember going to Clemson, South Carolina and, and seeing how passionate the Clemson fans were. And I love college football and I, I can't wait. I mean, it's gonna be an event to sit on the couch and watch college football all day from college game day all the way to you know those Pac-12 games that come on at like eleven o'clock at night. But I'm also passionate about high school football. So right now we have spring practices. We got some spring games going on. We got LaGrange taking on McIntosh. We got Troop County taking on Newton. We got some pretty intriguing spring games. And the GHSA schedule came out. And all throughout the summer, I'm going to try to get some high school football coaches on this show. And I'm also going to recap the 2022 season and preview some of the intriguing games on the schedule for the GHSA, the AHSAA, the GIAA, the AISA, and the GAPS. So it's going to be all fun. I'm really looking forward to it, and I absolutely can't wait. I love college football and high school football, NFL, pretty much any football. Hey, so I was very privileged Hey, oh, oh, I actually see 30 minutes. Oh, why don't we go ahead and take a break? When we come back, I'm going to talk about uh, some of my thoughts on calling the Columbus Lions, what it meant to me, and uh, how the team looked as they got their first victory of the season. Don't go anywhere. You're watching Sports Beat with Richard Holders on Facebook Live and WQEE 
99.1 FM out of Newton. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bug, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton. 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Cowita Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text k for k Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's Property of the Week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre tract is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. We are back here on the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. This is your host, Richard Holdridge, and this is episode 626. Man, I'm just continuing just to pop these out like Pez. I'm telling you, I'd love doing it. This is a grind. I mean, doing a sports show, I mean, I'm not going to have a perfect sports show every time. But what I have done is I brought the passion. I brought the hot sports takes. I bring the good guests, although I haven't had any guests this week. First of all, on that note, if you want to be a guest on the show, just message me. I'll get you on the show. As you can see, I haven't had a guest all week. And mainly it's because of my work schedule. But I plan on having some guests on next week. And so I'm looking forward to that. I want to talk about the Columbus Lions because they got the victory against the South Florida Thunder on Sunday night as they won the game 73-56. Now, I know that there's been some criticism, especially the you know the diehards that love the NAL that would, uh, would bash me and Jared on the YouTube. Like, they just were negative Nancys. They just criticized everything, including the broadcasters, said we were no good, we didn't know what we were talking about. Probably the same trolls that would just get on YouTube and trash me as an announcer when I was calling the Rapids. But anyway, I'm not going to lose sleep over that, so uh, whatever. I thought what they did in head coach Chris McKinney's debut was very impressive. It doesn't matter if it's the NAL. It doesn't matter if it's the IHF. It doesn't matter if it's the AIFA. The AIFA is a new league. I get it. They're all travel teams. But the Columbus Lions... It doesn't matter if the competition was not as good as the NAL. What they did, Marcus Brooks, I had to look up his name, eight touchdown passes. 
You know the Columbus Lions, I mean, they've had great quarterbacks come through the organization like Darren Daniel, Mason Espinoza, Daniel Smith, who's now playing with the West Texas Warbirds. I actually thought Daniel Smith was going to be the quarterback of the future. And then the NAL decided to drop the ball in the Columbus Lions and decided to say, hey, you're out. Yeah, we, we don't want you in the league anymore. It hurt. The Columbus Lions are out to prove all the critics wrong, getting the big victory over the South Florida Thunder. And I thought that Marcus Brooks had an incredible game. And a lot of the veterans that were on the team last year, like Desmond Reese, Darrell Green, Ramon DeLoach, they stepped up as well. And I was very impressed with Tremel Gooden. He had a touchdown pass. And then you had Demisio Ewing with the kickoff return, interchanneling his Darian Townsend. And that was really great. In fact, Philip Russell, who was wearing number 21, I... You know, I, I looked at number 21, and I, I couldn't help but think of Darren Townsend, you know, because he was just the most electrifying player on the Columbus Lions last year. And he was also NAL Offensive Player of the Year. So, you know, you give it that. And special team, I think he's Special Teams Player of the Year and uh, something else. Uh, well, the Columbus Lions, they'll be in action May the 29th against the Carolina Predators. Now, I'm going to put this out here on the show. I put it on my Facebook page. I will not be calling that game because I am going out of town. It's Memorial Day weekend. Going to spend time with the family. If anybody is interested in calling that game, and, and really this is ideal for like broadcasting students at Columbus State, Auburn, Tuskegee University, Point University, any one of these local universities that has broadcasting majors that want to intern. That's the key word. Intern. Don't doesn't get paid. You don't get paid. It's an internship. Intern. That's the key word. If there's any inspiring broadcasters that want to get on the mic and do play-by-play -play for the Columbus Lions, it's not that hard. Just listen to my broadcast. You'll do fine. I felt like calling the Columbus Lions was easy because I had the experience of calling high school football for play-by-play. -play. And I also learned from Jared Dillard doing the color commentating last year for the Columbus Lions. So I was able to listen to the broadcast from last year, get some game notes, and I'm familiar with the team. That's why it was such a success, and I was able to do it without ease. It, it was easy. So message me if you're interested in calling the Columbus Lions on May the 27th. I'll be back up at the booth on June the 2nd, and I'm looking forward to that. I always say that. That's kind of uh, my uh, catchphrase. It's actually a crutch word. Is I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited to see that. In this industry, you got to learn not to hang on to your crutch words. But you also got to learn when the show is not going the way you want that you just need to say some things off script. And so with that note, I do have a few things I want to talk to you about that have been on my mind. You know, as a broadcaster, and, and I was a broadcasting major in college, I went to an NAIA school called Freed Harbin University, which, by the way, they're in the Gwinnett bracket right now. They're in an elimination game. I don't have the score yet, but uh, hopefully, you know, their season doesn't come to an end. Uh, the Freed Harbin softball team is in the Henderson bracket as they're trying to make it back to the NAI World Series, which will be held in Columbus like it was last year at the Commons Softball Complex. 
but that was a lot of fun and I had credentials for that and I did apply for credentials again. I still have not heard from the NAIA's front offices and I still have not heard from the Muskogee County uh, Athletic Department as I applied for credentials for high school football in the fall. So with that being said, you know, being, you know, this host of a podcast which my audience have grown and it's not to where it was before the pandemic but it's grown and you know i got the the sports beat polo shirt i got the swag i got the business cards i really appreciate everybody's support because uh, without your support none of this would have been possible and uh, i thank you for that all right <laughs> score updates and then i'll go ahead and do my uh, 2023 mock nba draft as I believe the San Antonio Spurs are going to draft Victor Wimbayama. But let's do a score update for you. As right now, in the third, the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics are all tied up at 78. You know, these two teams, very familiar with each other. This is the third time that they have met in the conference finals in the last four years. Miami won in 2020. And if Bam Adebayo doesn't get hurt, and if Jimmy Butler doesn't get hurt, who knows? They, they could have gave the Lakers a series in the bubble. The Miami Heat are just well run. I mean, when LeBron left in 2014, they didn't just fall off a cliff. They were still a very well-run organization, and they have a Hall of Fame coach. Eric Spolstra, who has won two titles, he's gone to the finals four times, Five times, actually. Yeah, five times. He has gone to the NBA Finals five times. I know that he is two and three in those finals. But if Eric Spolstra gets another ring, you got to put him in in the top ten as for head coaches all time. And we're talking about Red Auerbach, Greg Popovich, Phil Jackson, Don Nelson, Lady Wilkins. He would be in that group especially if he gets another title. I just think that when you win an NBA title, it doesn't guarantee you job security. Look at Nick Nurse. Wins a title in his first year with the Toronto Raptors. He's gone because the Raptors have regressed. Mike Budenholzer wins a title with the Bucks. He's gone. Frank Vogel wins a title with the Lakers in 2020. He's gone. And now Doc Rivers. Gone from the Philadelphia 76ers, and he won a title with the Celtics way back in 2008. But still, he is a NBA winning champion head coach. There's just a lot just to get into. And uh, just receive word that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to interview Houston head coach Kelvin Sampson. When has a college coach worked out in the NBA. It didn't work out for John Calipari. It failed with the Nets. Look, Brad Stevens coming from Butler to coach the Celtics, that actually kind of worked out. But there's a reason why Coach K never coached in the NBA. I know that there's been talks about Jay Wright coming to the NBA. Uh, Billy Donovan came to the NBA. Remember, a successful college coach at Florida. But Kelvin Sampson? Could Kelvin Sampson really coach in the NBA? I don't know. I'm just 
working on some stuff. Oh, man. Strolling along here at the sports beat, 42 minutes. Going to go ahead and check that Braves Rangers score for you. All right, top of the eighth inning, and the Braves have a runner on, but they are trailing the Texas Rangers 5-4. to four. The Atlanta Braves, the Texas Rangers. It's actually the Ron Washington Classic. He was the manager for the Texas Rangers when they went to the World Series in 2010 and 2011. And he's the third base coach for the Atlanta Braves. So, you know, how about that? And then uh, Texas also had Mike Miner as their uh one of their starting pitchers. I don't know if Mike Miner is still on the Texas Rangers. Let me let me check that one real quick. Mike Miner. What? Mike Miner is not on any team right now. He last joined the Cincinnati Reds in 2022. So there you go. Boy, trying to trying to get some more uh Score. I want to try to get a score update for that Central Vestivia Hills game. Uh, I will make sure to watch WRBL and WTVM later tonight so I can get all the score highlights so I can have a, a show for tomorrow. Uh, looks to cut into their... Yeah, so we are headed to the... Uh, what is that? Looks to cut into their... So Central is trailing Vestivia Hills 3 nothing right now and it's uh in like the third inning so i'll try to get you a score update for that soon not sure how updated that is but that was off of central's uh, baseball facebook page which i i try to you know i i try to uh follow a lot of these uh, athletic facebook pages because it's just very important all right, let me check on some more. So, talked a little bit about MLS. Uh, wanted to say Atlanta United. Wow, four nothing win over the Colorado Rapids. Was this a a, a U.S. Open Cup or is this a regular season game? Because uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, they. Got goals by Thiago Almada, Luis Araggio, Tyler Wolf, and Georgios Giamakos. So Atlanta United snapped a three-game losing streak, and uh, they are back on top. This game was played at the Benz. He still had 42,000 fans. You know, Atlanta United has always had great fans, and they average about 40,000 fans to a game. You know, and the bins hold 68,000. I remember exactly where I was. I was watching the MLS Cup back in 2018 when they were taking on the Portland Timbers. That was an incredible moment in the city's history. And that is something that you just take with you for the rest of your life. And what Atlanta United did with Tata Martino and Miguel Amaran and Joseph Martinez, and they had Michael Parkhurst and Greg Garza, Julian Gressel, Darlington Nagby, and they had Brad Guzan as the goalkeeper. Just a great team. And, and I love just watching the replay of that game because that those fans were just so incredible. And it was the largest MLS game ever attended at the time. So... 
All right, strolling along here. We are at the 46-minute mark. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about WNBA because you have the, the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, tonight it will be the premiere of Brittany Griner as she makes her debut in the WNBA's Commissioner's Cup. Uh, she was in a Russian prison for almost a year, and great to see her back in a Mercury uniform. The Atlanta Dream did not fare so well against the Connecticut Sun. They are 0-2 on the season. They lost to the Connecticut Sun a couple days ago, 85-68. And Ryan Howard came into the starting lineup. She only had 10 minutes and 4 points. Ryan Howard really has to be the catalyst to try to get the Atlanta Dream going. And I really just want to see what their rookie can do. Because, you know, Cheyenne Parker, she is a good player, but you also have some uh, players. I think that Haley Jones, who is the rookie from Stanford, she only had four points. So uh, I think that the Atlanta Dream will start getting to go. They'll start get going. They will. They're 0-2, but uh, their next game is going to be against the Dallas Wings this Saturday. And that is going to be on ABC. So take it on the Dallas Wings. And, you know, bad news for the Las Vegas Aces as they're surrendering a, a draft pick uh, for some tampering or something. Becky Hammond, their head coach, has been suspended for two games. Um, I do want to talk about, uh, you know, conducting yourself as a professional matter as an athlete, as a broadcaster, as somebody in the media you know, my thoughts on John Morant, you know, it is not against the law to post a gun on your social media, but you are a franchise player. You are the face of the Memphis Grizzlies that you got to have better judgment. And rightfully so, he should be suspended because that was his his second offense. And so the NBA, I think, you know, the team or the NBA or something, they decided to suspend him and uh, he is probably going to be suspended for at least 12 to 20 games. And uh, hopefully he can learn from this and he can come back stronger than ever because he is one of the most electrifying players in the NBA. All right, before I close this show, I want to get into my 2023 mock NBA draft. The NBA draft is June the 22nd. The San Antonio Spurs have the overall number one pick. Now, this is according to NBADraftRoom.com. Here we go. The San Antonio Spurs, there's no question they're going to get Victor Wimbayama here with this pick. This makes them a title to contender right away. I think the Charlotte Hornets with the number two overall pick get Brandon Miller, the guard from the University of Alabama. He is a 3 and D type of player. He's got a great wingspan. And he could create his own shot. He kind of reminds me a little bit of actually comparing him to Rudy Gay. Which is not a bad comparison. But let's see if Brandon Miller uh, in his DNA gets a little bit of dog in him. And, and he could start competing not only for you know making a big playoff run. But if LaMelo Ball is healthy. Can you imagine the backcourt of LaMelo Ball and Brandon Miller? You also have Michael Bridges. I mean, the Charlotte Hornets are going to be fine. I think that they could get back into the playoffs. The Portland Trailblazers 
getting Scoot Henderson, the point guard from G League at night. He is the best point guard in this draft. What do you do with Damian Lillard? If Portland's going to get Scoot Henderson, do you move Damian Lillard to the two? That's a pretty decent backcourt. Right, number four of one of the Thompson twins. And I'm not talking about that 80s group that sang the song Hold Me Now. The Thompson twins, Eamon Thompson, who is a point guard. The Houston Rockets, who already have Jabari Smith Jr. They got Jalen Green. That'd be a pretty good point guard, Eamon Thompson. And then the Detroit Pistons getting Jerace Walker, the power forward from the Houston Cougars. I mean, he's listed at 6'6", and he's a power forward. That's that's impressive. And uh, the NBA player that they compare him to is Paul Millsap. Well, that's not a bad comparison. They got the Orlando Magic selecting Taylor Hendricks, the 6'8 power forward. I mean, now you have Paulo Boncaro, Franz Wagner, and Taylor Hendricks. Number seven, the Pacers getting Cam Whitmore, the small forward. And let me tell you something. Those Villanova players, you got Emmanuel Brunson, you got Josh Hart. They know how to play. These Villanova players really can step up and play outstanding because they have a chip on their shoulder. I think that he could be a dark horse to be first All-NBA. First team All-NBA. There, I'm calling it that he's going to get first team All-NBA. The Wizards getting the other Thompson twin, Oser Thompson, who's a shooting guard. And then the Utah Jazz getting Anthony Black, the point guard out of Arkansas. The Dallas Mavericks getting Jordan Hawkins, the shooting guard out of UConn. Buyer beware on these UConn players. I mean, it did not turn out very good for Shabazz Napier, but it actually turned out pretty good for Kemba Walker. So maybe Jordan Hawkins is the next big UConn player that had a big tournament run that has a mediocre NBA career. Or he could be an all-star. I mean, you just don't know. All right, the Magic getting Grady Dick from the Kansas Jayhawks. The Oklahoma City Thunder getting Gregory Jackson from South Carolina. He's a power four. They got him compared to Josh Smith. Wow. <laughs> That's a nice comparison. Kaysen Wallace, the point guard from Kentucky, going to the Raptors. And then the Pelicans. These are all the lottery teams. Keontae George, the shooting guard from Baylor. Now let's start with the Atlanta Hawks, which are going to get the number 15 pick. This is a non-lottery pick, but the Atlanta Hawks had the worst record out of all the teams that actually won the play-in tournament, and they got into the playoffs. They, they got them getting the point guard. So he's, he's going to be a backup to Trey Young. Jalen Hood Shafino from Indiana. And then the Jazz have another pick. They got this from the Rudy Gobert trade as Rayon Rupert from the NZ Breakers. And then the Lakers getting Kobe Bufkin, the shooting guard from Michigan. The Miami Heat getting Jet Howard. And then the Gold State Warriors getting Bilal Kulabi. So despite the fact that the Lakers right now in the Western Conference Finals, the NBA draft actually goes off of your record. So if they make a deep run and they win the championship, they still, unbelievable, 
they would still get the 17th overall pick. Just, I'm not a fan of it, but you know that's just how it goes. Hey, I've had fun doing this show. Thank you so much for watching. This has really been incredible. Don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel. I'm also found on Twitter. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And look for those business cards because I've been going around town. I went to Zombie Pig Barbecue. I dropped a couple of business cards over there. I went to Country's Barbecue over there on Macon Road. I dropped my business card in their little little uh, jar there that you could win a free meal or something. You know, I, I've actually got the word out, and my podcast is growing. Thank you for your support. And I'm also looking for sponsors, too. So if you're interested in sponsoring the show, let me know. Message me. I will make sure to uh, cut a 30-second commercial for you, and uh, we'll get you as a sponsor on the show. Thank you, everyone, for everybody joining another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holders. I hope you ever has a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Suite A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location. Bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of the Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, this is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.